Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Chris Rydell, actor and now podcast host, I guess. Um, that guy you've seen on a million TV shows and movies, but you still do not know my name. And I'm David Allen Bache, actor and sometimes producer. And you also recognize me from lots of films and TV shows, but you probably couldn't name one of them right now if I paid you to. The two of us and our guests are going to let you in on some secrets on how to make it as an actor and share some private stories from the many movies and TV shows that we've worked on. That's right. We're going to interview a special guest each week, and we'll get their best advice and wisdom for you about how to break into this business and how to stay in it. And yes, again, there will be stories, stories, stories. So, let's get to it. This is Confessions of a Working Actor. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to Confessions of a Working Actor. Um, listen, I am on my own this week. I am hosting solo. Uh, my Co-host Chris is with his dad. His dad's health is declining, and I'm going to handle this episode so that Chris can go spend some time at his dad's bedside. And of course, we wish his whole family well, and hopefully he'll be back on the mic next week. We shall see. So if I don't completely botch this, uh, then maybe people will say, oh yeah, he can handle it on his own. Who knows? Well, listen, the good news is, this week uh, our guest is someone that I know quite well, that I spent... Uh, five years, a little more than five years working with, um, and not only is she incredibly talented, she's a good human being, and I think a great example for people in this business about what they can do and who they can be and the kind of person that they can be. So before she starts to think I'm blowing too much smoke up her ass, let's welcome the incredible Kelly Stables. Hey! <laughs> Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. It's so... Good to see you. Oh my gosh, we had a huge chunk of our lives together. We, Look we, at this. We did. We really did. And um, so, uh, for any listeners that didn't know, uh, Kelly and I were on a TV show called The X's together. It was a good, uh, almost five years. I think 60, yeah. 64, 65, 66 episodes, something like that. So fortunate as actors to ever have that steady of a gig. Um, we were we were very lucky. And we were surrounded by other wonderful people and interesting people. Uh, the inimitable uh, Kristen Johnston, who her, I think would describe herself as a handful. So that's not speaking out of school. She is uh, one of my favorite people and also one of the people that drove me batshit crazy. But uh, <laughs> God, I love her. Kristen, come on the show. 
Kelly, do you think Kristen would come on? You know, I think anybody from that show, I... cast and crew included, would do anything for you, David. Oh, that's nice. That's nice to hear. Well, you might I'm... have to catch Kristen on a good day, but I think Wait, she yeah, would we'll see. Come. We'll see. Well, I'm I'm working on Wayne and Donald too, so we'll see. Um, but you and I spent a long time together, and we we talk about on the on the podcast we do. Uh, Chris and I usually talk about how people got started, um, and that's one of the first questions we ask: is how did you get started in this crazy business? And I want to ask you. I want to start there. I want to um, you know we'll we'll get into a few of the things, not just the X's, but um, Kelly was on Two and a Half Men in a recognize a very recognizable role. Um, Superstore. There's lots of other things to talk about, but if someone said to you, "Hey, Kelly, how'd you get started in this crazy business? Where would you where would you begin?" How did I get farted? Well, I <laughs> let's see. Gosh, you know, as probably many people who were drawn to this podcast are interested in, they may have a heart for acting and performing, and have known it from the very young age and that's what it was for me i mean i was three years old and i knew at wow. three years old this is what i wanted to do were those and, were, uh, were like i'm ready for my close-up were those your first words <laughs> no it was i was in the little preschool like christmas like play and i was uh, one of like three little three-year-old angels watching over this baby jesus in the manger and these other two little girls were like giggling the little thing because like oh people are watching and i'm like these angels should not be giggling we need to be like angelic <laughs> What, they weren't taking it seriously. And then as soon as my parents got me a video camera, it was like any opportunity to make my friends take it seriously and perform mm. and, you know, what I would do that. So that was in Missouri. And then, so I, I, I asked my parents if I could like go right away to New York or California and they're like, mm. eh, let's get a, let's get a college degree just in case you change your mind. And they phrased it as in case you change your mind, not something to fall back on. Right. That's right. And that's I good. That, I like that. I like mm -hmm. that. That's a positive, yeah. that's a positive attitude. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I graduated college early and moved out here uh, to Los Angeles. And I, mm -hmm. I picked Los Angeles over New York at the time only because uh, Will and Grace and Friends was all on TV. And I thought, I think, a, I think a sitcom seems so much more doable alongside having a family that it would, you know, going through the, the snowy streets of New York and trying to make it as a Broadway performer. Wow. I'm amazed that you had that presence of mind that early on. That's pretty cool. Well, just as much as I wanted to be an actor, I wanted to be a, a wife and a mom and 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 have that an important part of my life. So it really was mm. like, where could I do maybe, maybe try to do mm. both of these? Yeah. And you obviously have done it in New York, but you're braver than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I or stupider. I, I think I'd go with that. So so you so you after Missouri. You yeah. came to LA and uh, I didn't know you... I knew one person and it was my um, my dad's wife's aunt. And that's who I lived with for like two weeks until I found an apartment here in LA. Cool. And so, yeah, so I didn't know really anybody or anything. I didn't know anything about camera technique or anything mm. on like the, the film side. I did theater as much as I could my entire life. Um, but yeah, so then I just like, honestly, like I knew no one and I signed up to with an extras agency and they cast me as a monkey in Planet of the Apes. That okay. was like my first job. Okay, great. 
And then, um, yeah, Wait, I, met I, Rich- I have to write that down uh, on the, the episode description. The first job, <laughs> monkey on Planet of the Apes. That's great. I'm typing. Yeah. Go ahead. Please continue. Yes. So, yeah. So I met Rick Baker through there. Legendary makeup Legendary, artist. Legendary, iconic yeah. makeup yeah. artist, Rick Baker. Yeah. And could not be a kinder man and a true artist, like loves creating. And I've heard that. I've heard that about him. Yeah. And so just so precise in what he does. Um, and so I was basically, so th- through meeting him through that, he then mm. later on did um, the Ring movie. He did the Samara makeup mm. for the Ring. And um, when I did like a couple of um, the doubling parts in the first movie for that, because it was the size of a kid and they could work me all day without a school teacher and a parent on set. So when the sequel uh-huh. came about, they just called and offered me the actual part of the evil Samara. So got it. Now, let's that, just for our listeners, because yeah. this is not a visual medium. Um, so although you can't see how stunningly beautiful Kelly is, you also can't see what's the word that you would use that that makes you feel okay uh, or doesn't in any way make you feel like I'm I'm being height heightist or what um uh your height oh, is I'm, four I'm four ten four eleven yeah. yeah so so Kelly is four eleven so uh one one might say diminutive one might say I don't know what one would say. All I know is the best joke we had on the X's that I oh, still yeah. remember to this day is the first time you walked in the door, Donald. Donald, Donald Faison took one look at you and said, wow, you look like someone put a hot chick in the dryer. That was such a good, yes, and, such and a I, good line. Such a great line. So, all right. So the point is, I'm just drawing the attention to this only to say, because you were smaller and you could pass for the the kid in the child. movie, the child in the movie, um, that was something that ended up working to your advantage. Okay, so. 100%. And, you know, and further on that note, I know you're going to get into sort of the greater picture of all this stuff too, but I think a big lesson that I learned early on is to not, it, it, we're all so different, right? So if we mm. can be, like, we can like own our differences and, and if you're humble enough to say, you can use it. You can make fun of it. I think it's going to be to your advantage mm. as opposed to someone who may say, no, I don't want to be a character actor or no, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm too good for this. I'm not going to do these kinds of roles. I mean, for me, work is work is work. And if you show up and you make great connections and you have a great time, you know, you have one life to live. So who are you to say like, yeah. no, I'm not going to. Well, this is a great point. This is a great point. And you're right. I, I want to get into it a little bit more. Um, but this, because we're going to ask a little bit more about advice um, to people just starting out in this business, but also mm-hmm. people at every different level wanting to get to a different level or um, do something else creative. So, um, you know, we, we've we often heard from guests, you know, be yourself. Um, I always say, don't try to be what you think casting wants you to be. You have to do your version of it. Um, and... Uh, hearing you say, hey, look, if you are saying, uh, I don't want to be typecast in this way or I don't want to call attention to this, that's one choice. Another choice is, hey, I see what is different about me. I see what's unique about me, and I'm going to use that to my advantage. I think that's, I think that's great advice. Yeah. The, the ironic thing is <clears throat> I think when someone sees me for the first time or they meet me for the first time, mm. the first thing they may notice is my size. But it's the last thing that I think about if you would ask me to describe myself. Sure. Um, I mean, my my <clears throat> parents were petite or people themselves. And so 
no pun intended, but they never made like a big deal about my anything physical uh, it's about not, me. Not not something I would think to mention about you. I I would start you with know lots me. of other things because I know right. that's right. Well, let but, me let me ask yeah. a question about this. So, um, what what's something that you wish you knew back then when you were starting out when that work first started to come um, after after the ring and the and that started to happen? Um, what's something you wish you knew back then? Oh gosh, I, I wish I would have. Um, I wish I would have taken the money that I earned early on and invested it more into myself, <sighs> like with acting classes, um, with you know, and, and that kind of thing. And I am mm. a saver, and um, I don't like to spend. I'm, I don't like to spend a whole. I'll still shop at like Marshalls, and I love to go to like garage sales and repurpose things and find things. I love that. And I don't like spending money on myself too much. And mm. so I, I wish some, I would have taken that money and been like, okay, like how can I, you know, put that back into my career as opposed to just hoping things go well. Ah, I love this. You know, that's as clear as anyone's ever put it, honestly. We've talked a little bit about don't neglect the business side of things, right? And and I know in some past episodes um, I've shared that, you know, early on someone told me it's not called show show. Right. It's called show business uh, for a reason. Yeah, right. And you can't ignore the business part when it comes to follow up with agents, follow up with auditions, things like that. And, you know, business communication, using all the tools at your disposal. But no one's put it as plainly as that, which is reinvest in yourself. Take some of the money when you start to work as an actor. Take some of the money and take a commercial class. Take a voiceover class. Buy a better mic. Get right. a, get a better set of right. lights for your self tape area. Get get another re little reflector or get a pin spot or a ring light. Um, take an acting class. Go to a studio. That's such good advice. Such good advice. That's something. I think taking. You, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Um, I think taking different kinds of classes is really beneficial. Even if you take the class and you're like, that was a waste of money and I did not gel with that instructor or I don't agree. Hey, at least there's always something to learn. Right. Yes, and yeah. I think like as actors, we are always evolving as a person, as people we are. Mm -hmm. So as actors, we must also. Right. So I think it's cool to, I mean, even like I relate, I relate um, acting to baseball all the time. I'm love a St. Louis Cardinals fan. And I think even when you're up to bat, like once you got, once you hit a home run, you get in a series, so to speak. It's not the end. Like we're, we're now off of that series and now we're auditioning again yep. and testing yep. and still having to prove that we, we are capable. Got to hit a single. So yep. That's, that's right. Yeah. So it's, it's great to take different classes, but unfortunately, yeah, those cost money, you know, and it's time and, all of that. But I think that's good advice. And I, you know, when you're first starting out as an actor, I've had either family friends or people say like, oh, my kid wants to be in the business, you know, and this, this one teacher said that they could get them work as long as they take their class and pay their photographer for the pictures. And I'm like, hang on, stop, stop, stop. No, nobody should yeah. need, nobody should need to take any of your money. Now, right. at a certain, a certain point, do you want to have a good headshot, a nice, good, professional-looking headshot? Sure, but there's plenty of people to choose from. And uh, acting studios should be teaching you about acting or auditioning or the business, but they should not be promising you work for money because that's not their job. So right. I mean, nobody should be doing that. So that's also good advice. That's sort of the other side of that coin. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I also really like the idea of taking class and learning what not to do. And sometimes you learn that from... Uh, your fellow classmates and you see a style yeah. a style of acting or someone doing something you're like I don't I don't love that that doesn't seem authentic to me right and sometimes a teacher says something 
and you know you, you hope you have a great teacher and and 95% of what they say really really works really um, you really resonate with that resonates for you rather um, but it's a good point just taking the class go to class I'm a big believer of show up do something for your artist every day right we have mm-hmm. to we're now we're now parents we are spouses we are someone's child. There's lots of other things we have to do. But also don't forget, even if you're not on a series, even if you're not doing a play eight times a week, do one thing for your art every day. And if you're starting out and that's an acting class, that's a great choice. And, you know, that could be as simple as journaling for 15 minutes so mm-hmm. that you get to know who you remember. You don't forget who you are. Because if the whole point is to be yourself, if you don't know who you are, and I remember who I am by journaling. Like it just like putting my thoughts down on paper makes me realize, okay, yeah, this is what I think, and this might be how I feel, and mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 feels right. But if I sure. if I go too long without journaling or talking to my best friend <laughs> yeah. since sixth grade, then it's yeah. like, wait a second, you know, I feel a little bit um, out out to sea. Sure, and and you know, I want to just want to circle back. You had mentioned something earlier. Um, you know, I think sometimes when actors say, well, I, I like I don't want to take that class or I don't want to do that job or I when we sort of get in our own way, um, it's hard to see. Right. Because we're, we're literally in our own way. And if we don't have someone outside of us to let us know. But so I want to ask, you know, when when some things started happening with the ring and I have a sense that you also may have done some some stunts or stand-in work or things on other things like Spider-Man or Princess Diaries or other things. Um, was there any time where you were like, I, I don't want to be doing this? Like, I'm just going to yeah, say no? I, for sure. Well, I, I didn't want to be a stunt woman the rest of my life. I right. didn't want to be a stand-in the rest of my life. But right. I knew this is how I'm going to learn. There right. So there we go. it's kind of like an entry level position. And I understood, I was like, well, this is where they're taking me. This is where I'm getting a job offer. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do it and I'm going to learn and I'm going to look around and see, oh, this is how the actors, this is how yeah. the star of this movie performs. And this is how she stands. And this is how she motions with her hand. Cause I didn't take film class in college. I took theater classes. Right. So um, yeah, so there was definitely a time when uh, when I was just starting and doing, you know, getting those jobs and stunts and the mm-hmm. things um, that that was like, I don't want to be doing this, but I'm but I'm grateful for the work and I can yes. learn from it. And it's know? getting and it's and it got you on a set. Yeah, I, you know, I did background work and it got me on a set. There yeah. are people that do background work and that's how they make their living. And I thank God because how crappy would everything look without them we need yes. them desperately yes. and we need them to be protected well by our union and treated sure. well and paid yes. well yes. and i Respected. and i and i did it so i can say it was tough back when i did it i think it was even harder and oh, yeah. um the pay was worse but the point is um it got me on a set and i learned so much by doing background work and people have done stand-in work and then been offered a role on a show and you know um i remember on the x's a couple of times we had a few of our stand-ins. There were roles that came up, and um, and we pushed to get the stand-ins to have the speaking line, get them a little more money, get them a little more exposure. And um, you know, there is a way in, and if you shut the door and you think you know the way in, you might miss it. But if your eyes are open and you're willing to try things, um, you you tend to be working more. And it's a hard pill to swallow. I mean, you really do have to kind of say, like, "Yep, I." I will put on this monkey mask. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. That's right. Or, you know, I don't know if they even still do this, but 
you know, oh, you're on a you're standing on a sitcom. I will wear a a sandwich uh, board with the character's, with the character's name, name, on, name it. on it. Yes. And it's like and uh, and I understand it's for in some you know we had a lot of new directors that would come in and right. people didn't know each other and you, right. but I always felt There's, like can't we just get a t-shirt made? Can we get a yeah. su- <laughs> like, can we just get a super cool t-shirt made up with the stand-ins <laughs> names like you know what I mean? And like yeah. Uh, you know, like Keith, who was my stand-in for a long time. Like, right. he was a great Elvis impersonator. I was like, let's make a T-shirt with Elvis on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But his, and like my name, and then his name. So, it, there are, there are, there is a bit of uh, humiliation slash yeah. a slight loss of dignity that you have to endure when you're first starting out in this business. That's for so sure. So I was doing a movie in 2004. Oh, good, 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 good. Yes, yes. Here comes the story. In London, yeah. in London, and I was alongside Jason Fleming and Mel B. Mm. And were the other actors in it. And on one of my days off, I took a, a beautiful walk in the rain, a cold rainy day to the uh, Shakespeare Globe Museum. Mm. And I'm not a big museum person, but I couldn't get enough of this museum. Mm. And one of the uh, th- one of the things that I read was, you know, when acting was originated in all of this, we the actors <laughs> were, it was like, here's the level of what how people considered actors. You want to go to a whorehouse? Should we see a cockfight or should we go see a play? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like it was this, we were the scum of the earth. And I think, you know, because of like celebrity and reality shows and, um, you know, social media, like people becoming like sensations because they do a funny thing. You know, there's so much like, um, people, people put people up on on quick pedestals. Right. Mm. You know, but the bottom line is like, unless you're an artist and you're willing to be on the ground, you know, be a groundling and be down there. And that's, that's how we, I need to continue to, remember that that's what I am. You know what Um, I mean? Amen. Amen. I mean, that's one of the first things I was told when I said I wanted to do this business was I was told, you know, everybody wants to be a star, but there are very few people willing to become one. And I was like, oh, I like that. That implies a journey and hard work. And, you know, absolutely. Well, to that end, um, what does it mean to you to be a working actor? Simply put, I think, too, uh, for me, it's to the working actor is to have a majority of my income come from acting. That's what I would say. Yep. Good. We've heard that. Um, it's interesting. Some actors have said um, that I'm working on my craft. I'm working on being a better actor. And mm-hmm. I would agree with that, too. I think that's an element of it. Um, that's definitely an element of it. And um, for anyone listening who is not making the majority of their income as an actor, whether you're waiting tables or whatever else you're doing, keep going because soon that that tide will turn and there's that moment where you realize like, oh, wow, I'm doing it. Like I'm I'm, I'm an actor, actor. I don't there is no second job. And that's right. a, that's an amazing thing. Um, yes. uh, OK, so one of the things that 
we get into is um, positive experiences that you've had with other people on sets. And, you know, we don't do dirt or gossip here. That's not our jam uh, at Confessions of a Working Actor, despite the scandalous title. Um, <laughs> we... <laughs> We would love to hear a story, um, and it doesn't have to be me, of some great actor. It <laughs> should uh, rhyme with Avid Wallen. That's that's right, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, no, uh, I, listen. You and I got along quite well on set. I you inspired me. Maybe I made you laugh and inspired you. So, moving on from there, um, some set you were on where an actor or a director or a producer even really surprised you, did something where you, you loved it and you thought like, oh, that's how people should be treated. Or, oh, I, I saw that this this creative thing and I always remembered it. Just something that really left you with an impression. Well, I I, I would say probably Superstore was, was a mm. really positive experience. Um, when I auditioned and, and chemistry read for that part, it, I think it was going to be like possibly three or four episodes and it turned mm. into three years. Wow. And um, more than 20, like a couple dozen episodes, right? Like more than 20 episodes. That's great. Yeah. And um, and so I came in on season three of that show. So it was already established. And sometimes when you come in on a show that's already established, they have like them. And then you're like, you know, Uh like uh, and they couldn't have been the whole cast, everyone in that that cast could not have been more like welcoming and inviting and inclusive and just just like really made you feel like uh at at home and um you know on on when we're shooting scenes and then of course all the time you spend waiting to shoot your scenes and um when my character when they decided to have my character leave um they threw me a surprise party on the last day and they like bedazzled a set chair for me that everybody signed (laughs) and they had like champagne and cake and I I have never been I was like I I started to cry like an idiot because I was very how loving how nice grateful um for that for that time so that was definitely a surprise um uh, because I didn't expect to be there that long and Right. I felt like uh, I was losing something that really wasn't even mine to lose, you know, leaving. Right. But how mm-hmm. nice of them. And, and it, you know, we've we've been on sets. I know you have. We've been on sets that are not always as welcoming. Yeah. Sometimes, you're sometimes, the stranger. Yeah, you're the stranger. And look, as a guest star, when you come in, you're, you're a guest, right? That's, For I, sure. I try to remember that. I was just on a set on, uh, of uh, Lioness in Baltimore, and I they've been doing their thing. And I came on. I was a guest, and I behaved as such. And that's good advice for for actors just starting out or coming onto a new set, behave as if you're a guest in somebody that's, else's home. That's right. And you're there also to make everyone else's job easier. Like you're yep. not there for that, that's but right. you part of your job is to make, is make to do your job good. and that's just right. worry. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And in this, it's interesting, I think, when you combine showing up and being respectful um, and doing your job to forward the story, when you combine that with, um, never playing small and always bringing to the part what you think is the best thing to bring to the part, you often end up back again, which is delightful. And clearly you came back a lot, which is great. But I love hearing that because sometimes they're unwelcoming sets. Sometimes they're, then people don't mean it. They're having a bad day or they're, most of the time it's because they're behind, right? If they're late, they're tired, the cast, the lead cast has been doing fratter days and, um, you know, they, they are not sleeping enough, new pages last minute. So, I usually chalk that up. I usually give everybody a pass if I show up on set and someone's uncomfortably uh, tired or they're a little short or something. I'm like, okay, all right, you know what? It's okay. 
Uh, and and to that, to showing up on on time, just for anybody who might be new, showing up on time means showing up fifteen to twenty minutes early. <laughs> thank you. If you're on time, you're late. That's right. That's right. Yeah. If you're early, you're on time. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. So speaking of some work, I, I'm really curious about Holiday Twist, which was a feature film that you did. And is there anything you could tell us about the experience doing that, like what you did on it and how? It well, was? it was the first film I did post COVID. Oh, and interesting. yeah, and and we have not finished shooting. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And mm -hmm. and do you have a sense that the project will get finished, or we? You know, I have the... a weird sense that it will, um, yeah. only because it it was an extremely ambitious uh, script, considering it was post COVID, and yeah. like I mean, we we had like so many different locations shooting in huge mansions in Bel Air that were decorated for Christmas. So this is like a 30 foot Christmas tree in the foyer decorated with the mm. banister deck. So, and that we like did for two days and then we have to go to a different location. And then, mm. so it was in the cast was huge. And so uh, it was, but the director producer, Stephanie Garvin is a bit of a magic little fairy mm. and she's the nicest woman and she's very smart and she's blonde and beautiful. And so sometimes I think people look uh, at that and they don't give her, her, they underestimate how, what she can get done. But I, mm -hmm. I do believe that it will get done. But as of now, they're just trying to bring all of the cast back together. You know, Hugh right. Sheridan, who's Good. down in Australia and James Sparson, who's, sure. who's um, Master, who's, who's on tour right now. So there's a lot of elements that will need to come back together, but you know, they could also all rewrite right. it and simplify things. Yeah, lots of different ways they could do that. I, you know, I'm. I also was asked because I was a little jealous. I've always wanted to do a holiday movie. Like I've always wanted to be in like a like a Christmas movie, um, either a sappy one or a funny or a reverent one. Um, and you know, we did uh, happily got to do a bunch of Christmas episodes and Halloween episodes, which I have to unearth some of those and show them to my daughter. Yes, she, she'd get a kick out of it. Um, fantastic. So this is now the time on the show where we ask about your worst audition story ever. Oh, and, my. And again, we don't ask to throw shade on anybody. We ask yeah. so that other actors listening and mm -hmm. other, other, other civilians listening uh, can get a sense of what actors have to go through. And other actors who are listening will say to, my, say to themselves, oh, wow, yeah, I had one of those. Or, holy crap, that was much worse than mine. I'm not going to stress out when I have a bad audition. Everybody, <laughs> everybody has them. I mean, we've we've everybody had we've had some them. doozies, and they they run the gamut from forgetting your lines to having your fly down to uh, showing up two hours late to having bodily function loss of uh, bodily functions. So, Kelly Stables, uh, tell us your worst yeah. audition story ever. There are so many to choose from. <laughs> truly. <laughs> <laughs> One of them I did like a little stand-up routine on and it was, this isn't the one I'll tell because the one I'll tell is a lot shorter, but this one was essentially how we have, I we have evolved time. from. We have time. Well, I told you I started as a monkey, so I evolved and this was my audition for the cave boy. Ah. That I, yeah, this I was literally audition. a Darwin story here. We're, we're, it's like pretty, it's pretty much. This is proof. This okay. is proof. It's happening uh, today. Okay. So, like, yeah, remember that show, Cavemen? You may not. You yes. remember the commercial? It was after the commercial, right? It was spawned Maybe by the commercial. They thought would be a good. And they idea thought, oh, this thirty-second commercial is funny. Let's make a whole series about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like Which, those, just like those short stories they try to make a novel out of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but how? 
However, you know what I do think would be a funny series? What? The, that commercial about you becoming your parents. Oh, that's true. I that's true. die at those that, commercials, yeah, mainly because I'm be like, fun. yep, I do that. Well, yep. No, okay, I do that. Yep. All right. So anyway, so I was auditioning and this part came about to be Rocky the Cave Boy. Mm -hmm. And my husband, who is my manager, thought, oh, my wife would be perfect for that. Okay, first of yeah. all, you don't yeah. hear those two sentences together no. a lot. Oh, my, hus God. my husband, who is my manager, <laughs> and then thought, oh, I'd be perfect for, my wife would be perfect for the prepubescent boy. Okay, please go on. Yeah, so that's where we're at. I love it. So, yeah, so anyway, I auditioned, and I, like, put an ace bandage around my boob so I wouldn't look like a woman, and I wore a baseball cap backwards, and, yeah, and then I ended they I got it. Oh, uh -huh. I booked it and it was really weird. Uh, and he showed up and he couldn't have been more proud of me. And I'm like, this is, I don't feel good doing this. <laughs> but anyway, so that was, that's, I have a, I'll, I'll have to send you a link to that story. Okay. But honestly, truly the probably worst audition that I went on where I just felt like sick to my stomach. This isn't funny, but it was, it was for, there's a series on TV right now. I could tell you, but maybe I will. I don't know. I, it's and no need. I, te it's all right. I was I tested for it. It was uh. me and this girl who was starring on Broadway and a, like two other girls. And I I killed the first like I, I did a great odd first audition and mm -hmm. um with the with the casting directors and then they they brought me in and I knew this the studio it was Warner Brothers and CBS. They know me from Two and a half men. Mm -hmm. I read Peter Roth was there. We're saying hi, da, 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 all these people. And and I was testing with the lead of the show, who's a wonderful actress, who was coming off of a hugely popular TV show. Mm. Still on the air, by the way. Anyway, so it was me and her. And I do the audition. This was supposed to be a sitcom. Uh-oh. No laughs. <laughs> none it was silent and that's was, that's me adding my worst cricket noise that's it not was true. and i knew oh. like first joke you could hear nothing right. and then second joke you're like they are like there was nothing it was nothing just no oh, response Oh, so painful and it was and i get done and they're like thank you kelly and I, you know, I knew it was bad and I wanted to say something along the lines of, well, that was great. Or, you know, a right. lot like, and I didn't think of anything clever. Mm -hmm. So I was like, thank you. And I left and it was just like, I did nothing different than I had done before, mm. except I was with the actress mm. and she did wonderful. Obviously she knows what she's, and it, I thought her chemistry was fine, but I mean, the, the other girl who was on Broadway, she didn't get it. They ended up getting I know who they got. They ended up getting, <laughs> and she's, I think she's still on the show. They ended up getting a very popular singer's wife. She uh -huh. got the part. Uh -huh. So she has the part. Uh, well, so when that? you, when you come into the room, I've been in those rooms and uh, I've been in the rooms and, and I've, I've been in tests where I've done nothing different, just what I did, you know, and, and for, for people who are trying to follow this, um, who weren't aware most of the time there's a test for the studio it's sort of a smaller entity then there's another test for the network and that's the big final approval yes and i've gone into the studio given a great audition gotten great feedback and the feedback is do it just like that and i've gone back to the network and done it just like that and gotten nothing 
like no response at all. I've absolutely been in that same position and it's excruciating. Yeah. Especially, I've also been in the situation where I tanked a little, where I was nervous, mm. where I stumbled on my lines, but that's almost better. Yes, because, because, because then you can blame it on that. Yes, there's a reason. Yeah. But the trouble is when you've got to the point where you are testing, by that point, at least for me, I'm invested in it and I want mm -hmm. it. You know, when it's early on, you're like, oh, this dialogue, I, this isn't going to uh, go anywhere. But once you start to test, you're like, actually, it's really smart warning. This this is good. This You is, can, because well, like, you're closer. You can smell it. You can taste yeah. it. Well, yeah, 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 so yeah. Here's, a, here's a question about that. Recently, I've been asked to audition for um, different roles in something that I already auditioned for, right? And... I was having a conversation with a fellow actor, and um, and Chris and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, I think that's a good thing. I always think it's a good thing. And my wife was just asked to audition. She auditioned last week for something, and they called and said, would you read this other role? And mm -hmm. she's, I said to her, great. And she's like, yeah, right. I mean, that's got to be good. I always yeah. like, she said, I always like when that happens. And and this happened to me this past week, and it's a project that I really like. Who knows if we'll get it? It's it's the they're remaking the Kane Mutiny Court Martial, so they're redoing it, and they asked me to read for one of the like the prosecuting attorney, and I put my heart and soul into this audition, and I did a great self tape, and sure enough, the answer came back. You know, I get the email. It says casting loved your tape. Dot dot dot, and they want you to read for a different role. Would you be willing to read for this role also? The guy who plays the judge, and I said. Yes, hell yes, because I always see that as a positive thing. To me, it means they like yeah. the basic essence of who is David Allen Bache. They're like, oh, we like what we see going on here. We might want to slot it into a different spot in our plan. Do you feel yeah. that way? If you have to, if you get called back to read a different role, do you feel like, all right, they're obviously liking them some Kelly Stables. They just don't quite know where to put me. Like, how do you feel about that when that happens? That hasn't happened to me too much. Okay. I think it's happened to me one time, okay. but I would think it's a very positive thing. I think so. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, again, it's sometimes it's easy as actors for, I think, for us to say like, ah, I have to jump through all these hoops, right? The studio test, the network test, like we were just talking about. Or, and, and now we're doing everything at home. We're doing it all on our own. It's rare that we could step foot in a casting director's office. Um, and so sometimes it's easy to get down on ourselves and say like, oh God, they want me to read for something else. Like what was wrong with the first one, right? But I really encourage everybody just, you know, again, I think that's a really good thing. A I really was, good thing. When I was on uh, Two and a Half Men, Courtney Thorne Smith was on at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And she had just, I mean, she's, everyone knows who she is, especially in the sitcom world. And she, I think, would just come off that other sitcom. And um, she, they didn't ask her to audition. They kind of said, hey, would you like to do this part? Mm -hmm. And she said, may I audition? Huh. And the reasoning was, was she didn't want the pressure of, of thinking she has it. And she shows up to set and then being like, huh, that's different from what we thought. So she insisted that she um, at least read for them. You know what I mean? And I, I thought, that. what a lesson there, you know? Yes. What a great way to approach that. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you for relaying that, too. Um, perhaps most importantly, do you have a dog named Lucky? I do. I had a dog named Lucky growing up. That was my really? dog's name growing up. Um, is your dog a pandemic puppy? No, she no. is a Kendrick is finally 10 puppy. <laughs> that's, I'm laughing because that's how it goes. They get old enough to talk you into stuff. Yeah, he had wanted my son, older son had wanted a dog since he was four. 
and we had said, wait till you turn 10, you know, wait till you turn 10, because mm. I knew I'm going to be the one taking care of this thing. Yes. And yeah, so now we have this lucky dog, and she sheds everywhere, and I'm obsessed with her. I miss her when I'm away. Aww. She's Aww. so good. I feel, You know what? I, I have to admit to people listening, there have been a couple episodes where Enzo has been in the booth on my <laughs> feet. Uh, not not by my side or by my feet on my feet Aww. he just sometimes he's just clingy and he when yeah. i start to close the door he gives me that look and i'm like all right bud come on in and he's not in here today but he you know Enjoy. yeah sometimes he's like i gotta i just gotta be in there i gotta hear everything i gotta know everything that's going on with, confession, <laughs> with confessions of a working actor i'm gonna confess something i know i think he <laughs> wants to be on broadway i think he's like <laughs> he's taking notes um, Kelly, th- Kelly, thank you for coming yes. on the show. I'm sorry you, that you missed you. Chris, but uh, I know oh, he'd be just well, as impressed with you as I am. And man, and my our... thoughts are with him. That is not an easy thing. Like yeah. I said, I've been there myself, and yep. I'm so glad he's able to take this time. But it's really, it sucks. It's hard. I, you know, I don't like hosting without him. He's become my uh, my friend and my trusted. Uh, co-host companion but if we can do a couple episodes maybe solo we buy him a little more time to be with his dad and be be with his family so that's what we'll do um and in the meantime again thank you thank you thank you it was so good to talk to you you too Um, such so much so many good things to say um and i do want to say we we usually end on what's your best piece of advice and I kind of feel like we hit that, and I, I think that might be one of the biggest things I take away from this, which is use your difference to your advantage. Like that, I think that really is going to stick with me. I really love that. I really love that. If there's anything well, else you, you want to add. Remind me that I, you can remind yeah, me that I gave that advice once I'm like, Dave, I'm too short to work in this town. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> I will absolutely. You can remind me I said that. I will absolutely <laughs> remind you you said that. For sure. <laughs> For sure. All right. Kelly Stables, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. And uh, we wish you well and all your boys and your husband, who's a brilliant manager, by the way, Kurt Patino, if anybody's listening, wants to look him up and tell him you heard Kelly's episode <laughs> and, and he sounds he sounds wonderful as a manager, <laughs> then go get him. Hey, listen, you can't if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Right. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. And for everybody listening, we'll be back again next week with another episode of Confessions of a Working Actor. I thought that was awesome. All right. Star, star that. That was terrific. And we got another great guest coming up next week. So be sure to tune in again to Confessions of a Working Actor. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.